Beautiful. Ow, Linus, I swear to God. Sorry, he just started attacking my foot the second you said I hit record. Mm. Sabotage. Yeah, it hurts. And he knows I can't respond with force slash stern words. That's not because we're recording. That's just because you're like kind of a pussy, right? Yeah. Mm. I'm the pussy. He's the cat in our relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Well, How do we do this again? Do you back. remember? Um, no. I don't Okay, good. I, I don't really either, to be completely honest. I think we just get into it. Okay, should we address the elephant in the room? What's the elephant in the room? Uh, my new titties. Yeah. I have new titties. Okay, moving on. Um, no. Honestly, the truth of it is just that I started a new job. Yes, and I got into a car accident, which is pretty similar in terms of the effect that it's had on our lives, positively or otherwise. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to say there's not room for secret life in my life anymore, but if I had to prioritize things, I think this show would be absolutely last on my list. That's really hard to hear. <laughs> Not the podcast, but like the watching the show itself. I loved it. Can I tell you, getting back into it, I was like, oh, it's like catching up like with an old friend. Yeah, if your old friend had like dementia. Yes. <laughs> and didn't but like know the cool kind were. where you put um, you know, babies into kitchen drawers and stuff. <laughs> yeah. We, in the business we call that hot girl dementia. Uh, yeah. Anyway. I think uploading in general might be sporadic. Just in general. I think that's an expectation that it's okay to set. That we will chug a lug. But. Yeah. You I know. think we'll try not to have as big of a gap as we did from this to the last. How, how long has it been since we released? I don't know. A couple weeks. Okay. You know what? I feel like it feels longer because we recorded the one we released quite a bit before we released it. Yeah. Also, you know, I think it's okay. I think it's yeah. fine. I mean, um, I'm going to have to get surgery probably in the next month or so. So. Oh, that's right. This has been a crazy month. It's been couple ever months, since graduation <laughs> when I got like COVID and then my car got totaled and then my shoulder is fucked and... I'm taking a cat in. Oh, are you? Yeah, I'm fostering a cat. Um, oh. For who's pregnant for like the next couple months while she has her babies and then until they're weaned. Wow, so you're really being kind of like, kind of the Ann Jurgens. I or mean, the George I, I mean, I don't want to say that I'm like taking in like a homeless pregnant youth, but. That is kind of what I'm doing. Just make sure you don't go... You know what? I'm sorry I said that. You're not an Anna or a George. You're really being more of a Ben Boykovich. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm being a Margaret. Oh, okay. That's the most generous one you could get out of anyone who you could argue has taken in a single pregnant mother on this show. Yeah. 
Do we think we'll see Ben Boykovich have a third pregnant girlfriend before this show ends? I hope not. It's going to be like him. He's going to be like 47 and he's going to be dating like a pregnant 19 year old. That would be bad. I was going to say beautiful and I'm like, I don't want to make that joke. That would be bad. (laughs) Yeah, it would be bad. But yeah, you know, we have lives is the thing. And this show well, makes us. We is cons- very generous. You have a life. I mean, you like work, and you like are social. Yes, and again, the last time I was social, it did lead to um, getting hit by a truck pulling out of a um, ice cream shop. So yeah, I want to be clear before any of you say anything ridiculously homophobic. I was not driving. Sure. It was a straight person. (laughs) But this has given me more fuel to my fire that I don't think gay people should even be allowed in cars anymore. Like, beyond driving, I don't think we should be allowed in the vicinity. Maybe all vehicles. We might have to just take bicycles. What about about horses? No. Okay. No, actually, if we took horses from a certain type of gay person, I think it would make their life miserable. Yeah. You mean, like, horse girls yes horse girl (laughs) lesbians are so powerful i don't know that's that's it yeah any fun updates to share not really just been working yeah how is the new you know what yeah how is the the gig is good that's good enjoying myself um i like the work that i'm doing and i'm glad i think i'm helping people that's huge yeah yeah, I actually like the work I'm doing a little bit more, and I think I'm helping more people than you, but like, I'm glad that you feel good about what you're doing. I don't think it's a competition, but I am happy that you feel that way. Yeah, and like, I, I also, I think I also don't think it's a competition, but I think that a little bit more than you do. Mm. Like, I'm, I, I, I don't think it's a competition so much that it wouldn't even occur to me to say something like that, mm. personally. Yeah. Just for the record. I am really enjoying myself, but... I have to say that I don't enjoy my commute because prior to school starting, it was a breezy 10, 15 minutes. Oh, no. And then school started. It's now, you know, an easy, breezy, beautiful 30, 45 minutes. Good God. It's that different? Uh, yeah, it's because I live where I have to go through a Pittsburgh tunnel. And really good. no one knows how to drive through the tunnels. I might have to put a beat behind that. That would be beautiful. <laughs> it's so fucking annoying. Like, Jesus Christ, guys. Truly. Today on my way home, a truck almost hit me. Oh, God. Not like a semi-truck, like a oh, pickup okay. truck. Yeah, then I don't care. Well, <laughs> I literally, I was like, that is so rude. You don't understand how traumatized I am. I've already been in a car accident. Yeah. In which I have, like, back pain now. And I went to my doctor and they were like, "Mm, that really sucks for you. Oh. Bye. (laughs) And I was like, that's (laughs) that's awesome. That's really fun. And then they were like, you should get a standing desk. And I was like, okay, well, can you give me some kind of documentation to say that I need a standing desk? Because that way I can get a standing desk. They were like... No, we can't really give you a diagnosis or anything because um, you just have back pain. And I was like, 
Okay, but you're telling me that I should get a standing desk, and then you're- So they want you to foot the bill of an expensive-ass desk that you might not even be able to have at your place of work. Yeah, so then I, like, called the other guy's insurance, and I was like, hey, um, I need to get a standing desk, and they were like, well, we can't, like, buy things for you, but we can reimburse you. And I was like, um, I'm sorry, did you see the kind of car that this guy hit? He hit a 2006 Honda Civic. Do you think I have the kind of money to just shell out? For a standing desk in order to get reimbursed. Yeah. Out. Should we get into it? I think we should, just because, you know. Just to start, oh, I guess we have to. Hi, I'm Aaron. This is Secret Life of Two Gay American Teenagers. I'm Jesse, and this is Secret Life of Two Gay American Teenagers. Today we're going to be covering season four, episode 11, the games we play. Can I tell you something? When I saw this pop up on my television, I was like, oh, I thought we were in season three. <laughs> deranged <laughs> yes i am ill um please send me upstate so i can marry a hot nurse in my deranged in my demented state this episode was directed by gail bradley and written by brenda hampton and elena rada it came out on august 22nd 2011 to 2.51 2. million viewers august 22nd yeah that's a shitty day i'm sorry to say yeah any re- any particular reason. Is that the end of Leo season? Oh, probably. I don't know if that's true or not. I just, I, I yeah, just get really emotional talking about August 22nd. And I don't know why, and I can't imagine why else that would be. Hmm. I think it might be because of my biblical context. Oh, God. Which is that Kate Winslet escapes fire at Branson's home. What? Kate On Winslet a- was... August 22nd, 2011. London. Guests, including Academy Award-winning actress Kate Winslet, escaped (gasps) uninjured when fire destroyed Richard Branson's Caribbean home during a tropical storm Monday, said the British businessman. Oh my gosh. Was she okay? Yeah, I mean, she was uninjured. Oh, thank God. If anything happened to my girl Kate, I don't think I'd recover. Branson said the guests, including his 90-year-old mother and his daughter Holly, 29, all managed to get out safely. Oh, thank God. I was really concerned for a second. Yeah. Why was Kate Winslet on vacation with Richard Branson? I don't know who Richard Branson is, if we're going to be totally honest. I think... Is he he the one who founded Branson, Missouri? No, he's like... Virgin Airlines? He's a virgin? Oh, he founded the Virgin Group. Yeah. Anyway. Um... (laughs) Sounds like a virgin... I thought that's what you were going to be like. Yeah, he's just famously a virgin. No. So why would Kate Winslet be there? We know she loves to fuck. Um, no. Okay. So that's my biblical context. Do you have biblical context? I do. This one's very important to me personally. Um, Survivor winner Hatch says he's destitute. Hmm. Richard Hatch, the winner of the first season of Survivor, is claiming he's destitute as he seeks a court-appointed lawyer to help him appeal a nine-month sentence for failing to settle his tax bill in his tax evasion case. Hmm. But, yeah, did you ever watch Survivor? Listen, we we have a mutual friend named Matt. Yes. And I did visit Matt in March. Mm-hmm. And I did watch my first ever episode of survivor with matt and i watched the season premiere of this season oh did you love it well 
you know, I then proceeded to tell Matt, hey, yeah, of course I'll watch this season along with you. I'll watch it every week and we can talk about it um, because you don't have anybody to talk about it with. Um, and I'm sad to say that I still have only ever seen that one episode of Survivor. So, no, I was never a big Survivor watcher. Survivor? Survivor has been heavy on my heart and heavy on my mind lately. It was appointment television for my family. Like, every Wednesday, we'd gather around the television in the living room to watch Survivor. Like, we'd rush through dinner. Um, Whoever was there first would flip the channel to make sure it was on by the time the last person got in. You know, people were running through the house yelling, Survivor's on! Survivor's on! Um, So here's the difference between me and you, is that I did go to church for two hours every Wednesday night. I went to church for one hour, but we were home for Verizon for Survivor. Son of a bitch. What time did Survivor start? Uh, I want to say it must have been about 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock. Yeah. You know, was it on Wednesdays or was it on Thursdays? Because now that I think about it, we probably would have been in church. (laughs) It deeply does not matter when Survivor was airing. But anyway, um... I've been thinking a lot about Survivor lately. I've long said Survivor is the only way to heal our fractured nation. Because, I don't know if you know this, the two biggest demographics of Survivor are, like, Midwest hicks and gay men. That's so funny. And I've been trying to Sorry, what's the other one? What? What's the other demographic? You said the two biggest... And yes, Midwest said... Hicks and gay men. So what's the other one? Oh, I see. <laughs> wow. <laughs> really trying to pull a Karofsky on all our asses. <laughs> Life's too short to even care at all. <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> excuse me. I've been trying to pitch to Jeff Probst, you know, I'm I'm contacting Jeffrey, I'm tweeting at him, I'm DMing him, because I think the way t- we can heal this nation is through survivor gays versus straights. Mm. One tribe is queer, one tribe is here. They duke it out in a battle of the sexualities. Is one like of the challenges other. that you do have to have sex with someone that you're not attracted to. So, like, the queer people would have to have, like heterosexual sex for instance the thing is i think that's always an element of survivor is you're gonna end up boning someone you're not actually attracted to and that's how boston rob and amber got together that's a really funny joke for people who watch survivor um can i say something i would love that you said that you're pitching to jeff probes yes well i'm pitching to jeff probes which is my favorite deep fake conspiracy youtuber um Ooh. who does you know i i was gonna make an alien joke i can't i can't land it but i was trying to do something uh jeffrey james-esque if you could land it that would be really good for the aliens because then they could invade our ass with jeffrey probes yeah i love jeff probes it's my favorite youtube channel jeff probes immediately immediately made me think of some sort of vibrator <laughs> jesus christ 
did I tell you I was helping a gentleman from North Dakota at work, and as we were transferring <laughs> pictures over his phone, um, there was a screenshot of just like best rabbits. Oh, good for him! Progressive with a picture of, well, a dildo. Frankly, yeah, good for him. I tried to share this story with my coworkers, who were both um, straight men, and they were both just like, like they just kind of looked at me. Then I walked away because I ca- called away, and like ten minutes later, I was like, "So did you figure it out yet?" And they're like, "No, we've got some theories, but I what would that be?" Wow, boring. Okay, should we get into stimulate this? your prostates, men? Let's get into it. Okay, first of all, in the previously on, we do get a nice thing with that child Ethan. Um, no follow up on that kid <laughs> this episode. <laughs> Like, literally, there's a thing where Ricky is like, remember that kid who lived with us for a while? And Margaret's like, the one everyone's looking for? And yes, then and we do not see this man. There's another previously on scene where it's like the dad is yelling at Ethan. He's like, you can't send naked pictures of my daughter around a half the school and not go to jail for it. <laughs> also, he, literally. Ethan does not appear in this episode. <laughs> it's so confusing. Okay. Um, confession time, I also did not take notes because I was taking apart a Lego set while I was watching the episode. What Lego set? Name names. Um, I bought the Falling Water architecture set. Oh. Um, it like came out in 2008 or something like that. So I bought it on eBay. It was very expensive. Oh, Lego sets? Um, mm. they're so much fun, but... They cost a pretty penny. Yeah. A couple weeks ago, I was really sad. And so I did go to the Cheesecake Factory and I did cry while eating a piece of cheesecake in the Cheesecake Factory. And our server definitely thought that Chloe was breaking up with me. Um, (laughs) Was the server on your side or on Chloe's side? I don't. The server was so socially awkward. Um, She like gave us our bill with our meal. We didn't even get a meal. We just got a piece of cheesecake to split. Yeah. And she just gave us the bill at the same time. And I was like, this is... So she was like, take this the fuck out of here. <laughs> I'm sad about something else, but thank you. Um, So I was like crying. And then I was like, I need to go get Chinese food for dinner at the mall. And then we went into the mall and the Lego store called me. And I did buy two Lego sets for like $15 because I bought two on clearance. Which and ones? Which I, ones? I made a little taxi. And a little tuk-tuk. What the hell is a tuk-tuk? It's like, um... Just look it up. On the Okay. So, anyway. Okay. Um... So I am using the script. To make a long story short. I am using the script to be my notes. Because... Well, why take extra notes when Brenda Hampton and Elena Rada already took such perfect notes? On the human condition... So, I mean, we kind of just start with Amy and Madison in Madison's bedroom. It's girl talk. It's beautiful. Is it beautiful? Because Madison basically just, like, makes fun of Amy. That is so funny to me. I was like, damn. Amy is, or Madison is coming for Amy's ass. And I don't know if it's because she hasn't gotten any of Lauren's ass lately or what, but. Yeah. Um. Madison basically is like, who would have ever thought hot Ricky would go out with 
dumb, ugly slut you. Which is unfortunate because it was really cute at first when they were talking because Amy's like, you know what? Like, why wouldn't I be happy? Like, I have this husband or I have this boyfriend who's so involved in like his son's life and he's hot. He is so hot. And it's like, oh, it's cute that she still thinks he's hot, even though they've been together for a while, you know? Mm-hmm. And then Madison immediately shits all over it and is like, yeah, he's so hot and you're kind of an ugly slut. Yeah. And then we go to Ricky telling John perhaps the most inappropriate bedtime story. <laughs> I went back and forth so many times between like, oh, this is so cute and like, Maybe don't yet. Like, maybe, or, like, veil it a little bit more? Because it's very obviously, like, his tragic life story under the thin, thin, thin veil of a fairy tale. Yeah, so, you know, just telling about how Nora did drugs and drank. His dad was abusive. And then I like no, how he well, specifies w- to John. I how old is this kid supposed to be? Two. Um, two going on twenty five. <laughs> because he's like, now I got Amy a ring, but not a big ring, a little ring. And it's like, who gives a shit? You're, why are you justifying this? To do you think you're gonna show John the ring and he's gonna be like, wow, okay, didn't know we were poor. That would have been so much funnier than what happens. Yeah, and also I like how Ricky, you know, Ricky asks John, should I give Amy this ring? And John says no. And Ricky's like, well, okay, if you say so. It is, unfortunately, the little boy who plays John is acting circles around most of the cast. (laughs) Which is really saying something. Yeah. Um, then we go to the theme. Falling in love. Do you have an alternative theme? For an alternative theme, I'm gonna say Jealous by Joe Jonas. Fuck, Nick Jonas. Which Jonas is it? I think it's Nick Jonas. Yeah, but it's sung, like, in this way of, you know falling in love can is such an easy thing to do but instead of molly ringwald it's francia reza Mm. and she's singing it in character as adrian about this guy that she fooled around with one time gotcha yeah my alternative theme um would have to be the entirety of beethoven's seventh symphony that's a really good pick he really went off on that one Um, He did. He didn't have to go that hard. I truly do think that the that a seventh is the best. Well, you know what they say: seventh time is the charm. I listened to this fourth symphony today, and I was like, "Uh, "This really does not slap." Yeah, it's kind of mid, honestly. That's like he fell off on that one. (laughs) Um, but maybe you know, you listen to the seventh. It's like you know, a good like half an hour or so long. It puts you to sleep. Yeah. You sleep through the rest of the episode. And you can't tell if you ha- watched the episode or had a fever dream because they're kind of similar. Right. I've been having really fucking weird dreams lately. I need to DM Maggie Rogers because Chloe told me I need to because I had a dream that she got like one of those monk haircuts where it's like hair and then like 
shaved, like blinding bald in the middle. Yeah, those are very offensive to me. <laughs> that's kind of my culture. And <laughs> Chloe, she did not look good with that haircut. And so Chloe was like, you have to DM Maggie Rogers and tell her never to get that haircut. And I was like, I guess I will, but like. That's the thing. Otherwise, she might if you don't warn her. Yeah. So. Anyway, okay. <laughs> we go back to Madison's house after the theme. Amy is like, I'm going to go. Like, Ricky doesn't think I can be crazy. I'm going to go. I'm going to run a bath and I'm going to bring him a milkshake. I'm going to invite him to join the bath. I might shampoo his hair. And Madison is basically like, girl, you pushed an entire baby out of your vagina and he didn't marry you for that. So you think he's going to marry you for this? And then just starts like maniacally laughing about this. Yeah. I believe her exact line is, you already gave him his only living son. You think a chocolate shape and shake in a bath is going to top that? No, I think Amy's going to top that. I was just going to say, if that doesn't, I think it's time for Amy to top that. And maybe that will, uh, you know, get Ricky in the conversation a little more. We already know he was getting pegged by Adrian. So if Amy <laughs> wants to be as crazy as Adrian, she's going to need to step up the strap game. Yeah. Um, also, new restaurant alert. She's picking up the shake from Sally's Old Fashioned Soda Shop. And then we find out that there's a Chinese restaurant. Yes. So. Um, how many E's do you think is in Sally's Old Fashioned Soda Shop? I'm thinking no fewer than two unnecessary E's at the end of words. Yeah, for sure. And Sally is with spelled... an E. Mm. Sally is S-A-L-L-E-E. Yes. Old and, has an E, shop has a P-P-E. Yes, which back in my day I thought was pronounced shoppy. <laughs> God, was I embarrassed. Um. Okay, so then we go to... Do you think washing hair is as sensual as Amy seems to think it is? Um... <laughs> I don't want to answer on the pod. Okay. Um, I don't have you... hair, so I just have to ask other people's opinions. Carl. So then we go to Jesse and Lauren. They are kissing in Jesse's room, I guess. And Lauren is like very firm. She's like, let's stop. And Jesse is like, does this stereotypical thing where he's like, aw, I love you. And Lauren is like, OMG, I love you too. And then Jesse is like, let's fuck. And Lauren is like, literally, fuck you. Yeah. That yeah, was Jesse meaningless. He, he, after Lauren says no, he pushes it by trying to like manipulate her by saying he loves her and then just not accepting that no means no. Mm-hmm. Which I'm not impressed with Jesse. Can I tell you? Yeah. I mean, honestly, this has kind of turned me off of all Jesse's. I, you know what? There's no good ones. <laughs> All of them will meet their comeuppance on the day of reckoning. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Jesse tries to like guilt her by talking about maybe he'll go to the same school. Like, don't you want your first time to be with me? Um, and I like Lauren's like kind of line of logic here. She's oh, like, it's beautiful. I right now I do want my first time to be with you, but I don't know how I'm gonna feel in a year, and. I don't, like, I think, I don't think, like, if you don't want to wait, like, I think wanting to is enough justification to, like, have sex. If that's, if you're, like, 
a willing participant and you're like excited about the opportunity and everyone is working together and it's a collaborative process right yeah but no i usually have three to seven set designers costumers you know lighting operators it really is a collaborative process but i do think that her like her response is very indicative of how much she's thinking about this it's not just like a willy-nilly this decision for her well that's the thing and sex is different for every person and sometimes after having sex a few times you know your opinions on it change but like i think it's really cool to see her standing her ground explaining herself well and like yeah just kind of saying how she feels about things Mm -hmm. and not giving into that pressure despite it being definitely there yeah so then we go to jack he calls madison madison picks up the phone and jack is basically like listen bitch i am in love with grace but i do need a hoe to be with me at these coming events so do you want to be my hoe and madison says oh my god i love honesty yeah and also madison says even more than honesty i love being able to go to things with my girlfriend lauren so the fact that she's going to be at these things with Jesse and Amy's going to be at these things with Ricky means that I want to go to all your graduation things with you because. I would kill to not have to go to any graduation. It's really fucked up that Madison wants to go to this. Yeah, that shit's boring. I didn't want to go to my own graduation either time. So, Okay. Okay, so they have this Madison and Jack talk on the phone, whatever. We go to Grace's house. Grace is hanging out with Daniel. Adrian texts Grace. She's freaking out because Dante, the guy that they set, you know, her up with, had never called her. And this is bothering Grace. And Daniel's like, well, like, I mean whatever i don't give a shit about this um grace like asks daniel to talk to dante whatever so then grace picks up adrian's call adrian is freaking out because dante still hasn't called her adrian is basically like can't you make daniel do something and grace is like do you really want him to you kind of sound like you're a high schooler and this guy's in college maybe be cooler yeah, she's really like, Adrian, you're coming across as kind of a desperate little whore. Like, maybe be a little better. Yeah. Um, anyway, we find out that Adrian didn't sleep with Dante. And then Adrian is like feeling some type of way. She's like, I can't graduate with my class. I lost my baby. I was depressed. Like, I just like have been through a lot. And now like this is adding to it. Like, this is causing me stress. And Grace is like, well, did you tell him any of that? And Adrian's like, no, I'm not fucking telling him shit like that. Which. Yeah. Which. Yeah. You probably shouldn't on the first. I mean, share what you're comfortable with, of course. But like. Yeah. I mean, I think if it's like an integral part of yourself, but also like. You don't have to say everything on the first date. Yeah, I think whatever. Also, a lot of first dates just don't work out. That's just kind of the way it is. Right, and that is what Grace tells Adrian. She's like, okay, well, if this guy doesn't work out, we'll get another one. 
Adrian's like, well, no. So then we go to Ricky's apartment. Ricky is like laying on the couch. He's like, thanks for the chocolate shake. And she says, you're welcome. And then Ricky like laughs to himself and he's like, somebody's looking for a proposal. This is going to be so much fun. And Amy calls out and she's like, do you want to join me in the bath? I can wash your hair. And he's like, I'll be right there. Doesn't let him finish his shake. This pissed me off. He's not bringing that in the tub? You think he's bringing a shake in the tub? I'm sorry. There's nothing less sexy than dairy in the tub. I mean, I agree, but like, I don't know. I feel like just thinking about bringing a milkshake in the tub makes my tummy hurt a little bit. Honestly, I enjoy a bath maybe twice a winter. That makes sense to me. That feels like the right amount. Like, and I can never stay in it. Like, I don't understand how people stay in the bath for like hours. Oh, yeah, no. I'm like, after like 20 minutes, I'm like, all right, I'm bored. Let's get the fuck out of here. Um, the idea of bathing with somebody else. No. Immediately. No. Yeah. I like a shower with somebody else. Yeah. But I'm not, unless it's like a big bathtub. Unless it's at the bathhouses in Los Angeles. I'm not taking a bath with someone. No. Um, can I say also, I know I've mentioned this before on the pod, but like this scene with Ricky just kind of like muttering to himself while Amy's like trying to seduce him, this scene cements in my mind more and more that this show would have been one of the greatest sitcoms of all time. Mm. The format has fucked it up to a point where it's like almost unwatchable and like hard to watch. But if this was a nice 22-minute sitcom, I think I would be having a great time. I mean, I think even later in the episode when Nora and George are eating dinner and they talk about how Anne's not going to get there and then she walks through the door. If they had like a... Like... (laughs) Yes. Oh my god, yes. Yeah. Everything about it is better. Yeah. This could have been the friends for a generation, and instead, what did they do? Got five seasons. And you know what? They earned them. This is a great show (laughs) with great people. So we go to Ben's bedroom. He's sitting with Alice and Henry. They're basically talking about, like, where they're going to go to college. They all want to go to college together. And Henry is basically like, well, I'm not going to be able to go to college wherever you go to college because I am not doing well in the SATs. Henry is basically like, I'm out of SAT prep courses to take. I've taken them all. Like, I just have too much test anxiety, which is a real thing. And also, you know, the SAT has been historically used as, like, a test to see how well you'll do in college. And more and more, the studies are finding that it is not at all indicative of how oh, well no. you're going to do in college. And more and more colleges are moving away from using any kind of standardized test for... Which is unfortunate, because that means my killer ACT scores will no longer be impressive in the future. I mean, you got a great ass and a great personality, so... Oh my god, no one's ever said that to me before. That's a lie. People say that to me all the time. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, anyway, Henry, don't don't worry about it. I know it is, like, 2011 and SATs are really big, but, like... But you know what? 
There's someone out there that's even bigger than those SATs. You know that God is bigger than oh the God. SATs. He's bigger than college and your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Leo comes in. He's brought the mini pizzas. It's a taste test. He provided the sausage for these pizzas. They eat them. And then Leo is, like, very hesitant to leave. And, like, he is obviously, like, lonely. He leaves. And Ben is like, oh, my God. My dad's such a loser. He's been so lonely since, you know, him and his wife broke up. Jesus Christ. Like, get over it. Get over it already. I've been over my wife for, like, six months before we broke up. Yeah. Like, ever since she got, like, a little bit fat. Yeah. (laughs) um i love fat phobia oh my gosh it's been a great week for that as well i just like love when i go to a store to buy like one thing and their like plus size section is like two racks Mm. and the clothes are all ugly or you know what i really love yeah I love it when companies base their entire marketing campaigns and, like, presences on body positivity and do not contribute to fat liberation at all or carry any sizes past an extra large. This is a call-out of Aerie. Oh. I looked at one of those, like t-shirt brands it's supposed to be like so comfortable and make you look your best if you're like like they're supposed to fit tight around the chest but loose around the belly Mm -hmm. which is you know ideal and they're all about like oh if you're a bigger guy who needs it like you got this or whatever i look um they have you put in like they have like a size chart for like your weight and what size will be best for you and it goes up to i believe 230 pounds (laughs) And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, you can't, that's not even, like, that's at best, a, like, I don't know. It just gets so frustrating. That shit's so embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's cool. It's cool. America loves fat people. That's what I always say. But, like, as zoo animals, not as people. Right, right. Like, America loves to watch a fat gentleman fall down the stairs. I wouldn't limit it to America, I would say. The world absolutely hates fat people. Yes, that's true. Being fat in Europe? Yikes, am I right? Yeah, oh my god, don't get me started on Europe. Anyway, so... People only love you when you're fat if you're being followed around by a person with a tuba. (laughs) So... Basically, Leo is, like, really uncomfortable. Eventually, Alice and Henry leave. And then Ben is like, do you just want to talk about Camille? Like, is that what's going on? And Leo's like, yeah, what should I do? My young son. I would, and I don't say this lightly, I would end my life before I took (laughs) advice on women from Ben Boykovich. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But basically, Ben is like, you know, you should just, like, text her and be like, I dropped Betty. 
<laughs> uh, you wanna fuck? And Leo's like, no. So he basically they talk about like sending her jewelry and Leo's like, this is not how a gentleman behaves. Asking a woman to call him? You're yes. right. God, I hate giving women autonomy. I think if anything, we should take autonomy away from them. Mm, too real. So then we go to the Jurgens' house. George and Nora are eating dinner, and basically Nora's like, "George, you're being insane. Your wife should definitely, or like, not your wife, but Anne should definitely sleep here tonight instead of driving all the way back to Palm Springs." Like, and George's like, "Well, she works too much. God, it's she does it to herself." If this woman would stay in the kitchen, then she wouldn't have to drive so long. Yeah, if she didn't, you know, work so hard making my business successful. Yeah, if she didn't put food on my table and a roof over my head, maybe she wouldn't have to drive however many hours Palm Springs is away from here, which is never really said. Yeah. So, Nora is like, this is literally a safety thing. Like, I have pretty loose morals and even i know this is something you shouldn't do (laughs) um but basically he's like well she's not gonna be here for an hour but like whatever so then Anne walks in of course and then Anne kind of assumes that nora and george are like on a date and george puts his arm around nora and he's like she she shoves him off and she's like i'm ricky's mom i'm literally gay George basically is like, here you go. Here is all of, what's their son's name? Shit. Robert? Robbie, Robbie. Robbie? Yes, because it's named after Molly Ringwald's dead dad. Yeah. It's, he is, he is. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Here's Robert's, or Robbie's. Robbie. (laughs) You know what? It's probably short for Robert, so I think it's still okay. Okay, here's Robbie's stuff. It's so funny to imagine calling, like, a whole-ass baby Robert. Yeah. Here's his stuff. Like, have a safe trip. And, like, Nora's like, well, this is, like, bullshit. If anybody needs Ashley's bed, I'll sleep on the couch. Whatever. So then Anne and George have a conversation. And Anna's basically like, are you charging her rent? And George is like, no. Which, I don't know if that's true. What? You think George would lie about matters of money that would concern his family? Honestly? It's not like he forced his teenage daughter to get a job while she was pregnant because he lied about being broke. I really think it's, like, kind of powerful to depict George as a landlord because historically landlords are just, like, the kind of the backbone of society. Yes, and you know what? George is kind of a sleigh queen landlord, for sure. I was having a conversation with someone the other day about the affordable housing crisis and, like, community land trusts and basically, like, private property versus personal property, whatever, right? And this girl is like, oh, I know I'm super passionate about, like, affordable housing. Like, the my boyfriend... He is, um, he owns a couple properties and he's a landlord and we're always talking about how important it is, you know, to like keep the place affordable. And I was like, yeah. (laughs) Way to do the work, honey. We're definitely on the same page about these things. Cool. So anyway. Wait, so like, do you think I should sell off my properties? Like, the market's kind of volatile right now, but I think I could make a quick buck if I sold off a couple of my properties. Yeah, if I... Not to the tenants who live there, obviously, but to, like, developers who want to kind of, like, 
turn them into high income housing. So I, I do hate to break it to you that these properties that you are talking about are all on Linus's cat tree and that Linus is the developer. So. Yeah, but me and Linus have like kind of a partnership thing going on. Mm. Is that a new business? Landlord for cats? (laughs) Did we just come up with something? No one tell Warren Buffett. Okay, so... Anyway. In a way, we're all landlords for our cats. And in that way, we should all burn in the fires of hell. I don't charge my cats shit. Linus charges me shit, meaning he shits in my shower and I have to clean it up. That's disgusting. So... Something else that's disgusting is Anne having to say to George that if Nora brings home a date, they're both not going to have sex with George. And George is like, you don't know that. <laughs> and <laughs> Lord, grant me the confidence of this ugly white man. I also love that before that, Anne says, you know she's not going to have sex with you. And George says, I know that. I know what a lesbian is. <laughs> um, anyway, so then George is like, well, half my bed is empty. Sorry, Moose. Um, and Anna's like, yeah, I'm not going to fucking sleep with you, George. Mm. Anyway, so <laughs> then George leaves. Nora comes back in because she forgot her phone. And Nora and Anne, you know, they start yeah, they, talking. They kind of hit it off, right? Like, Well, this is not even where they hit it off yet. But they're talking about, like, uh, they start talking about... Amy and Ricky getting engaged and Nora's like Amy is definitely pressuring Ricky but I don't think Ricky minds yeah okay so then we go to Ricky's apartment Ricky and Amy are on the couch um and Ricky is like does this like real fucking dumbass shit where he's like I've been thinking about how we should get married yeah in like five years when we're both like graduated and have jobs and like we're stable and Amy's like yeah I guess. And then Ricky's like, can you massage my neck? (laughs) This is a classic Monica and Chandler style misdirection. You know, the friends. Monica and Chandler. Um, I don't know why you would bring up people that you're friends with that I'm not friends with on the podcast. Look, Chandler and Monica, like, I've told you, it's not that they don't like you, they just feel uncomfortable when they're around you. Yeah, I just like... Why would you bring it up when we're on the podcast? They said they were cool with that foursome if we ever wanted to do that. Like, they thought your vibe was weird, but not so weird that it would, like, throw off the situation. You know what I mean? All right. Well, I'm okay with it now. Sounds good. Yeah. So, like, they don't hate you. They just didn't really like you that much. (laughs) So, um, okay. We go to the next day. We're at the school. Alice and Henry have a conversation in which Henry is basically, like... I'm really anxious because we've been together for so long since the third grade and like we're definitely not going to go to the same college and like I think it'll probably make sense to just like for the first time we'll be in different spaces take a break and then like see if we still want to be together um and like experience other things like travel blah 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 all this stuff honestly I don't think this is a bad idea it makes sense to me But also, I feel like 
this is a conversation you start having with your partner when you start having the thoughts as opposed to what Henry did, which is like had a lot of time to process this and then like flung his fully processed idea onto his girlfriend who has had absolutely no time to process this. Yes. And also he phrased it like, not we're going to take a break now. We're going to stay together for a year knowing that we're going to take a break when we go to college. Yeah. Which like, I don't think is like, I think this would have been a really mature and good conversation for them to have a year in the future. Mm -hmm. But for him to do that with the expectation that they were going to stay together for this entire year was kind of shitty. Yeah. So you noticed the writers of the show don't know what to do with Henry and Alice other than make them break up and get back together repeatedly. Yeah. Ben comes up and Henry's like, Alice thinks I broke up with her. And basically it comes out that like Henry doesn't want to take the SATs again. And Henry expresses some very real anxieties here. He also expresses that he's one of five children. Have we ever heard about a sibling from Henry before? I was going to say, this is absolutely crazy. Like we've if never heard that, If you're right? one of five children, I no hate to those of you who listen who are one of five children, but you never shut the fuck up about being one of five five children. Oh, for sure, especially if you're the oldest. So, or the middle, or the youngest, or anywhere in between those three right, spots. Yeah. So, um. Henry just says that, like, because he's Filipino, there's so much pressure to do, like, everything right. And he feels a lot of pressure to get perfect grades and to go to the perfect college and to, like, marry the perfect girl. And his parents approve of Alice, which is almost worse than them not approving of her because that means that there's expectations for their relationship. And that is a lot of pressure to put on a 16 or 17 year old boy. Oh, for sure. I understand exactly what he's saying because that also sometimes feels like an expectation around like super evangelical families. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I feel that I relate to that in some way. Yeah. And so anyway, I, I think his, I think his concern is, or like his feelings are all justified. I think the way he went about this conversation with Alice a little bit fucked up, but also like yeah. he is a teenage boy, and well, he is—I mean, in real life, he's about thirty by now. But yes, he also is a man, <laughs> and men are historically bad at being in relationships. I mean, I think men are great. I sent you a screenshot the other day that showed you how great I think men right. are. Right, they're awesome. So then we go to the hallway of Ulysses Grant High School. Madison, Amy, and Lauren are all talking together. And Madison is like, I'm going to go to all these graduation things with Jack. And Amy is like, why? And Madison's like, well, I just like wanted to be a part of everything. Because like Lauren's going to go with Jesse and you're going to go with Ricky. And Lauren is like, you have no self-esteem, Madison. You are so stupid and ugly and dumb. Someone needed to say it. Um, 
And then Madison is like, well, look where fucking your self-esteem got you, you two. Like, where's your ring, Amy? Huh? (laughs) Chocolate shape and a bath didn't work out? (laughs) Yeah. And then basically, like, Jesse comes up and he wants to talk to Lauren. Lauren dismisses Amy and Madison. They talk. And Jesse's like, sorry, I got so pushy. Um, I misread the signals because historically, no, or I don't want to do this. It's kind of unclear. So then, um, Jesse's like, Jesse's basically is like, I really do love you. And then he says he was just joking. About what? Yeah, I didn't get that. So then... We go. To... Oh, because she thinks that he's saying "I love you" to try to coax forgiveness out of her, the mm-hmm. same way that he tried to coax sex out of her. I think. Gross. Yeah, he's just a bad dude. I hate to say. I think maybe she should have stayed broken up with him. Yeah. Especially once we find out that he fucking has a bird. Yeah, bird people are weird as hell. I'm sorry if you have a bird. So then we go to, like, further down the hall, Adrian and Grace are having a conversation. Grace basically is like, you're being crazy about Dante. Like, you are being really desperate. Like, obviously you're not, like, ready to be in a relationship with someone because, like, this is how you're reacting. Um, so then Adrian goes to see Caitlin O'Malley and... Uh. Adrian is basically like, can you please just let me walk with my class? Like, I'll do everything that I have to do um, over the summer. But, like, please, can I just walk? Which, my high school let you walk even if you needed to finish up some credits over the summer. I was just going to say, at your high school, did people who needed to finish up credits get to walk? Because, like, at ours, that was not a big deal. Like, that was kind of the accepted thing. Also, like, no offense, but if the reason that someone is not gonna graduate is because um i don't know she lost her baby and had a mental health crisis um yeah i think it would be okay to let her walk yeah i don't see who's being harmed by that i mean not to make it like really sad but like we had like several kids in our school like die from like drunk driving accidents and their, like, mom or dad would walk with the graduating class of, the of like, the class that their kid was supposed to graduate with. And, oh, like, wow. accept a diploma for them. Which is obviously not the same thing, but, like, all in yeah. all, like, graduation is largely symbolic. Well, that's the thing. It's not, like, they don't even give you a real diploma as you walk across the stage. Yeah. So... So, anyway, um, Caitlin says she'll try to do this for Adrienne, and Adrienne's like, thank you. Um, Adrienne runs into Ricky as she goes out into the hallway. They have a little, like, biting conversation in which, at the end, Adrienne is like, um, just remember, you're not married to Amy, so, like, you're still on the market, right? You're not engaged, and Ricky says no, and she says, then technically you're available. 
And Ricky says, I don't think that's how committed relationships work. <laughs> I'm not sure. I haven't been in one, but like I'm 99% sure. Yeah, I think you might be wrong. Um, oh. But Adrian says, then you're te- still technically available. And Ricky says, not for long, kind of indicating that he is making moves with Amy. I think this is where I thought the episode was done. Yeah. There's so much more. There's so much more. Um, so, then we go to Daniel's apartment. Adrian just, like, walks in to this apartment. Daniel's not in it. I feel like they don't have that kind of relationship. Yeah. I don't understand this. Um, also, like, why would she go see Daniel? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Is she trying to, like, threaten him to get him to talk to Dante? No idea. Um, basically, this conversation introduces a new character named Omar. Omar is Dante's brother. Um, Omar has heard about Adrian. Um, Adrian is like, yeah, well, he didn't call me after we went out. Um, there's some sexual tension there. Yeah, apparently Dante is, like, backpacking through Europe, and that's why he hasn't called. Yeah, so then Jack goes, so we go to Madison's room, Jack comes in, and he's like, hey, your dad let me in. Why didn't you tell him we were seeing each other again? And I was like, you're literally not not seeing each other. Yeah. And Madison is like, well, actually, I changed my mind. And Jack's like, um, you literally can't. It's this scene is wild to me because Jack gets like so offended. He's like, "Well, why'd you even say yes if you didn't want to do it?" Man, is like, "So I could hang out with my friends." And he's like, "Oh, so this was never about me?" And she's like, "Bro, it never was. Mm-hmm. I told you that. You started this out by calling and saying that you were in love with Grace and you wanted nothing to do with me. You just needed a date so you didn't feel so pathetic." Mm-hmm. So like, honestly, good for Madison for like now not agreeing. Yeah. She's got self-esteem now. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's a good look for her. Yeah. She's glowing. Um. Anyway. So Jack is, like, pretty desperate. He wants Madison to go to these events with her, and she says no. Why does he care so much? Like, what events? I have no idea. So then we go to Jesse's bedroom. Jesse is talking to his bird, and he say, says, Can you say idiot? Say idiot. I want to be reminded every day that I'm an idiot. And I'm like, who the fuck talks to their bird like that? This is wild behavior, especially since, like, Lauren, he didn't see Lauren. So it's not like he was performing. Like, he was just talking to his bird casually like this. Yeah. Um, Lauren and Jesse have a conversation. Basically, Lauren's like, you can make one mistake, it's fine, um, don't do it again. And Jesse's like, no, I wouldn't do it again. And then I they... do feel like this is like his fifth mistake, but, you know, that's just me. Yeah. Then they say I love you to each other. Lauren gets a phone call from Madison. It goes to voicemail. Madison leaves a message that's basically like, I have self-esteem now. I told Jack that I, like, couldn't do this thing and it wasn't easy, but, like, let's do something fun on the night of graduation. This is going to be a big problem, I can tell. It is. 
Or they're going to totally not even address it. That's true. That's the thing. I can't tell anymore because nothing in this show matters from one episode to the next. Yeah. So then we go to Grace's bedroom. Jack is talking to Grace and Daniel and he's like, let's be a throuple at these graduation events. We had fun. This at was the actually dance, really right? hot. <laughs> I wish they would have agreed to this. This could have been great polyamory representation <laughs> yeah basically grace is like go find a new girl and jack's like well i don't want to bring a new girl to this stuff i want to bring like an old girl to this yeah that's the thing he's like i would hate i don't want to look back at these pictures and be like who was that and it's like oh you'd rather look back and be like oh these are my ex-girlfriends that i didn't date mm-hmm. um anyway so Jack ends up leaving after he's like, I'm going to be such a loser if only my parents are there. And it's like, no. Nah. No, I feel like that's pretty normal. Not everyone has a date for everything. Yeah. So then Jack leaves and Daniel's basically like, I've waited a really long time to show my true colors. Um, I know you're in high school, but I actually can't stand the fact that you're in high school, even though, you know... It was fun at first. I don't want to date your friends or your mom. I don't want to deal with your friends and their issues. Yeah, Catherine catching strays. She's been nothing but good to Daniel. Yeah. Um, And he's like, it's either me or them. Yeah, that's always a healthy mark of a relationship. Yeah, I think um, ultimatums are kind of underrated. Hot and sexy, I'd say. Yeah. So then we go to Ben's bedroom. Alice is just lying in Ben's bed waiting for... Terrifying. Oh my god, the way that this script says it. (laughs) Leo just comes in the room, right? But it says, Alice is lying in the bed. Leo joins her. (laughs) (laughs) No. No. Leo comes into the room. They have a heart-to-heart. Um, Leo is like, I'm sorry that this is happening. Alice is like, I want Henry. Um, and Leo's like, I'm going to try to find Ben for you. And where is Ben? No, we, we have the Camille scene first. Oh shit. I forgot about that. This, there's no structure to these episodes. No, there's none. Um, anyway, we go to Camille's house, she finds flowers in an envelope, and she takes out, like, a diamond necklace from the envelope, and the card says, would you mind calling me? I would really like to talk to you. Love, Leo. You know what I thought when I saw this? What? No gentleman would ever pull shit like this. I don't know. No, I thought it was kind of cute in a disgusting way. Yeah. So, I mean, I think if it was, like, different people, I think I'd like it more. But the fact that it That's true. involves Leo, I'm like, Ugh. Yeah, and the lady from The New Adventures of Old Christine. <laughs> yeah. Um. So then we go to Jeff's. Ben just wants the usual. Can you imagine, like, going to a restaurant probably every night for dinner and getting the same thing? I would never say the usual to anyone that's so presumptuous. Yeah. Like, you're expecting these waiters 
to know everyone's usual order. Like, even if I have a usual, I'm not ordering it. I'm saying exactly what I want. I remember my first job, I was a barista in this small, like, cafe. And we would open the store at, like, 6 a.m., right? And so we'd have to get there early. And the boss told, like, the woman who owned the cafe told me when I got there, the first thing I needed to do was make, like, a couple of drinks for the people who came in and who were there. You know, like, they they always came, like, every morning right at 6 a.m. So, like, to make their drinks for them before they even got there so I could, like, hand it to them. Whatever. And I was like, that is so, what if they are sick? Yeah, what if they don't come in that day? What if they're out of town? I was like, what if they want something different? But, I don't know. That would actually be my nightmare as a patron. Yeah, to just come in and already have a, your drink made for you. Yeah, because like, what if I was feeling a little flirty and fun and I wanted to try something different? That's what I'm saying. I'd feel like such an ass if they handed me my already made coffee. Yeah. So... Anyway, Henry and Ben just talk some more about Alice. Um, Basically, the gist of this conversation is friends to lovers forever, lovers to friends never. That's really good. This conversation is just like a reiteration of other conversations they've already had. This conversation also doesn't take into account um, queer relationships. Mm -hmm. That's true. (laughs) I feel like it's kind of the opposite with a lot of queer relationships. Where friendships never blossom into more, but relationships frequently turn into friendships. Yep. Then we go to the Jurgens' house. Nora and Anne are having another conversation, basically. Speaking of queer relationships, am I right? Yeah, they just start talking about, I don't know, George, I guess. Yeah, it really is. Like, they talk about George and how he's kind of immature, and then they bring up um, Nora's ex, and she's like, ah, turns out I'm immature too, and gives two little finger guns, and I'm like, this is the most lesbian she's mm-hmm. ever been. Um, When she gives those finger guns, that to me was representation. Yeah, and then we have, like, this thing about Ashley, where basically they're like, oh, Ashley is never gonna come home. Like, I would really love it if, like, she got her own apartment or she went to college when she came home. But like, I don't have a, I have a, like a feeling she's never just going to be like at home again. They are writing her off of this show. (laughs) Yeah. And Anne says, Ashley's wanted to be someplace else since she was 13 years old. Isn't Ashley like 14? I think she's canonically 15 or 16. No, there's no way she's 16. She's got to be 16, because doesn't she drive part of the way? I don't know. I can't. Whatever. The timeline on the show makes no sense. She was 13 when she was first introduced, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So, Nora and Anne, whatever, blah, 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 flirt, flirt, flirt. Nora calls Anne smart. We go to the butcher shop. Um, Bunny says, hey, thanks for sticking around. We find out Ben didn't show up for work today. Ugh. Sure. Irresponsible 
Yeah, I love where she's like, where is the little prince today? Mm-hmm. Um, Amy comes in and she's like, hey, I am really thoughtful. I picked up your favorite movie you've always wanted me to see. Seven Samurai. You know, John's going to sleep really good tonight. I stopped and I uh, ordered Chinese food and I got, you know, the dish that you really liked in New York when you came and visited me. Scallion pancakes, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, I just thought the Chinese food would go really good with this movie. And, and Ricky's like, yeah, you're kind of racist piece of shit, actually. <laughs> um, samurais are Japanese and Chinese food is, well, Chinese. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, well. And she's like, oh, we... We don't have any sushi places in town. So then Amy is like, well, it'd be fun to like get our PJs on and watch this movie. And Ricky's like, I don't have pajamas. And she's like, exactly. <laughs> that was hot and flirty. <laughs> I so hate to say. Then they go, Amy and um, John go upstairs. Bunny and Ricky have a conversation where basically bunny's like are you gonna propose and ricky's like i can't tell you that you don't like to discuss for personal matters got her ass and then that's the end of the episode wow what a joy what a treat what a life what a joy what a chance thank you for the music mm-hmm. anyway um how do we feel how did we feel about that i just can't like you know how sometimes you're, like, watching a show and you're like, wow, I really like this show. I'm going to see if any fan fiction about this show exists. Oh, God. Please tell me no. And you log on to AO3 and you're trying to find fan fiction about a show that you really like. But, like, the fan dumb is not that big. And so all the fics you find are, like, written by 13-year-olds. Yeah, You know? This is, like... If a 13-year-old wrote a fan fiction, an original fan fiction, and then it got turned into a TV show. You're not wrong. That honestly feels a little insulting to 13-year-old fan fiction in some ways. Some 13-year-olds are writing good fan fiction. They just do not know how to write sex, and I wish they would stop trying. They mashed their jiggly bits together. Jesus Christ. (laughs) But, alright. That's my thoughts. I can't wait to see where this is gonna go. I can't imagine it's gonna go somewhere satisfying or good. (laughs) If the rest of this show is any indication. That's what your mother said last night. No, she didn't. She said, I can't imagine this is gonna go anywhere satisfying or good. Oh, so you're, like, not a good lover? (laughs) Yeah. Is that what I'm hearing? (laughs) Well, that's too bad. Very selfish, honestly. Oh, Um. (laughs) God. I would love to be a selfish lover. Yeah, I'm definitely... I have too much trauma to be a selfish lover. Anyway, okay. And I love sucking dick too much to be a selfish lover. (laughs) Um, My name's Erin. My name's Jesse. This has been Secret Life of Two Gay American Teenagers. You can follow us on Instagram, Patreon, Twitter, TikTok at Two Gay Friends. You can follow Jesse on Twitter at GoJesse2K20. You can follow my bookstagram at No Money, No Prospects. 
You can send us an email at slwithjessieandaaron.gmail.com. You can, um, I don't know, send us a voice memo on Anchor. And then you can, like, leave us a review or rating. That sounds good. Yes, and um, keep an eye on Jesse's social media for some projects that are probably coming soon. Yeah. If I say it, I have to do something. Mm. I don't have any planned, but, like, imagine if I did. Mm-hmm. But, alright. Anyway, peace out. I hope you have a great week. I hope that... I don't know. I'll just, I hope that you have a good week. And I hope that you have a week that's better than the week that Aaron wished you. Alright. Bye! Bye, babes! <laughs>